Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 13 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Danny Lewis coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Denny, I am doing great. And I feel like every time that we uh, get to jump on and just talk about beer. (laughs) Hang on. I forgot to turn that sound off. I got you playing in my ear again. Oh, Uh, but it's good. It was on the Facebook live, Um, (laughs) but I'm good. I really do look forward to this uh, every time we get the chance to sit down and chat. So I'm doing great. Just uh, overcoming whatever this congestion is. So, um, you guys get my Barry White voice for the day. Oh yeah, um, and uh, we'll we'll see if I don't have a coughing fit or something today. But, <laughs> I hope not. It's okay. Um, what, I, I can we'll, cover for you. Uh, we'll we'll make it work. But how are you today, sir? How's uh, how's your day going? I'm great. Uh, you know, I'm trying to. This this will be my first full week. Uh, you know, last two weeks I worked four day weeks because of the holidays, and then I had a week off before that. And I'm almost thinking I need to somehow take Friday off so I can continue a four day week this week. And then next week I've got, I've got Martin Luther King's birthday off. I could have a 40 week again, not just carry this four day week thing along. Uh, but yeah, I, I know I have a long five day week this week, so I'm going to try to try to make it, but yeah, I'm doing well. I know we're going to chat. I, we have a big show tonight, a lot of content. Uh, it is the first show of 2023. Yes. Happy new year, everyone out there. Thank you for joining us live. We have a few people on live and, of course, listening to this on your phone when you uh, hear it uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you notice that we did not say what we're drinking right now because we're going to pop a beer open here in a minute. We'll talk about that. But before we get on to that beer and to the rest of the show, we always want to let anyone new listening to Tap to Craft podcast know what we're all about. We are an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you along in your craft beer journey and adventures. And you're listening to episode 221, recording on Monday, January 9th, 2023. And yes, we are live on Facebook. If you'd like to join us during our recording, you can do that on the Monday before the show releases. Uh, We have a few listeners right now watching us live. And in this episode... We are going to discuss how light or pale lager became America's beer. And this topic was brought to us by one of our great listeners, Tara Carlson, who's probably listening right now with her husband, Jim. Uh, they, mentioned, they mentioned this. I think it was Tara. It was either Tara or Jim. One of the, one of the two mentioned this topic as, uh, hey, how, how, did, how, did, how did this light lager become America's beer, not porter? Because they had a great porter at one of their breweries. Oh, stops. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I, I wrote that down and said, that's a great... I want to know how this light, fizzy beer became America's beer. Well, we're going to tell you how that happened. And we've got tasting notes with beers from Minnesota and Illinois uh, provided by two of our awesome listeners, as well as a special blind tasting segment that was provided to us from another great listener. This is going to be so cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun as well as some great conversation along the way. So let's get right into the beer tasting. And this one, I've labeled it Jeff Styler, blind number one. And 
Uh, we'll go ahead and get our beers ready. Uh, before, I just want to read a quick little, you know, he, he sent us these beers and left them a nice little note. But I want to explain what, what this is all about. Uh, so he's, he says here, he says, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done an episode where both of you do a blind tasting of the same beer together. So I thought I'd send some beers and then you could both try them blind on the show at the same time. I have covered them up with Christmas wrapping paper for a slightly festive touch. Thank you, Jeff. I like that touch. You could try them on the show, check out the appearance, the aroma and taste, and see if you can figure out the beer style. Then maybe if you want, even guess what beer you think it might be. I could be, or it could be fun for both you guys and us, the listeners. Um, and then he says he's included four beers for the both of us each. We each got four beers. Yeah. Uh, you could do all four in one episode or, you know, do the, Blah, blah, blah. He says, uh, uh, he says they're fairly readily available and he believes we both are probably familiar with all of them. So that's something at least we, we should try to guess what it is on beers we've had. Uh, yep. Those are the only clues we're going to get. So sharpen up your, your olfactory and taste receptors and dig in. Good luck. Have fun. Enjoy and cheers guys. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Uh, we're going to start off what we're going to do is we're actually going to break these out one episode, one one per episode. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Let me see if you're... Oh, yeah. My paper's the same as yours. Okay, good. So we got the number one on here. Yeah. We got Frosty and, and Santa. That's nice. And, and he did a, a hell of a job. Ta- like, he put a l- electrical tape at the top. Like, yeah. yeah. Unless we literally tear <laughs> this paper off, we can't see what it yeah, is. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're going to save the tearing until after we... Uh, we, we do this. So, so yeah, so we're going to do what Jeff says. We're going to try beer number one with the number one on here. He said, drinking this in the order that they, hey, on a side note, on, on a message that we, we were communicating back and forth, he said, yeah, and doing it in the order that he provided the numbers will be a good order to do it in. So, are you ready to open this thing, Chris? I am. All right, yeah. let's do it. And while we're opening this up, I've... Uh... Kyle Marrero and Jim Kudzall have hopped on with us. Also, uh, Jim said he's drinking a Sierra Nevada celebration. Um, Kyle from uh, over at Marker 48 Brewing here in Florida, he said he did all of his drinking yesterday. Oh, oh. So it's good to know that uh, that that some of our listeners aren't doing this dry January thing. I, I you know, I've, I've never done that because I'm not a quitter. Uh, but hey, if you are, that's okay. Everyone needs a little break from overindulging at times. Um, I just try not to overindulge <laughs> so I can just keep on drinking. Now, I say that as we're going to drink three beers again this yeah. show. That's okay. And I'm really looking forward to the very last one. It's going <laughs> to kick off our evening. It'll just solidify it. I almost wanted to go get my BAC track just for, you know. Oh, you know, yeah, we should have. Okay. So, um, so yeah, this one it's slightly like, it's, hazy. Slightly it's 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 slightly hazy. It's it's gold, it's um it's opaque. I cannot see anything through it. It's got a golden amber coloring. Yeah. Maybe maybe not as maybe not as high heavy as as amber. I'll say golden. Golden apricot. I'd say uh, golden <laughs> is a good it's, it's golden. estimate. Golden yeah. is a good uh, adjective to use for this beer. Okay. Um, 
because I have oh, oh yeah I have an idea of what this oh, might yeah. be. Oh yeah, me too, me too. Wow, this um, is uh, yeah. Now that you said that, yeah, I just took a sniff. So before we get to the sniff, we're going ahead of ourselves. Uh, the head, wow, nice, creamy, uh, very slight off-white head, dense two finger, holding strong. I like yeah. that. Holding and it strong. Is, uh, it is. Oh yeah, dense, super dense when it comes down to the bubbles. Eric Gronley said, "This is a great idea, Jeff. National Treasure Beer Edition." <laughs> uh, okay, well now taking some uh, aroma nose hits here. So it's got uh, some nice it's got some Belgian Belgian to it, Belgianist Belgianiest to it, Belgianist. I like Belgianist, that one. Uh, Clove, coriander, maybe a little bit of orange. Nice aroma. Beautiful aroma. Love the aroma. Okay. All right, let's let's, let's do take this. a sip. That's not what I expected. No. This is this is nice and and lighter in uh in character. Now I'm trying to not now you now I'm trying to, to second guess what I thought it might have been. I I am too. <clears throat> Um, um ooh, but it's definitely I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to I I mean I, I almost want to say I, I, I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's a wit or uh or a saison, but it's more witty. Wow, or it's a or it's a good uh, uh German hef. I don't know. This doesn't actually maybe it's not, maybe it's that, not uh, Belgian at all. Maybe it's. I don't have banana though. I don't think it's a half. It does have some bubble gum, especially in the uh, in the head. The head. I actually just had a mouthful of that, and it it was kind of candy like. Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy, this is going to embarrass me because I probably know what this beer is so your first guess was going to be golden monkey yeah yeah that's what my guess was too but then i started to think about ooh. are you there did you dump your beer thankfully i poured the majority of this into my glass <laughs> did you spill well, it is it making a mess on your just floor? a little <laughs> just a little there's only a couple splashes um and i did as i was pouring the the rest of it out of there there is some sediment at the bottom so, um, I've never had Allagash white. Have you had Allagash? Oh, you haven't had it either. You wouldn't think that this would be my first ex- exposure to uh, to Allagash. That'd be a swift kick in the balls, wouldn't it? Because if it is, this is like <laughs> this is like a, a easy go to wit beer right here. If it is a if it is a wit, if it is, if this is if this is Allagash white. I'm going to go buy more of this. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm with you. I'm on, I'm on the wit side. I'm not going to say hef. I don't think the, um, the bubble gum clove. No, you know, no, it, I don't think those are strong enough. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's more on the, uh, on the Belgian 
And side. I think with the way that the uh, head is sticking around, it's got some wheat in it. Yeah. Okay. So and it's a little hazy too. So we're going to say it's a, it's a Belgian whip. Now I haven't had, I mean, this is, yeah, I, I, I can't remember. Like I, I probably had a, a blue moon, like, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So I, I bet my house, this is not blue. Okay, moon. good. Cause I, I'm not <laughs> familiar enough with it. I, I believe blue moon is lighter in color too. Right. So I don't want to say that it's lighter in mouthfeel too. Yeah, but wouldn't you be wouldn't it be funny if he did throw a <laughs> something in there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that would be funny. This is that would be. This is hard doing blind tasting. Okay, this is really good though because I, I like the citrus. I like the little bit of spiciness that's in there, and and it's it's not like those flavors that we're talking about they aren't sticking around and mm-hmm. just kind of coating your entire no no it's very it's uh refreshing and yeah not yeah not sticking around and just over taxing your your taste budget it's it drinks light and the flavor's there but not overwhelmed yeah it's i i, I like this beer i do like yeah. this beer now the problem is too is i haven't had golden gold monk I, I don't think victory has been in Boise for a while now. We used to get it a lot, and I drank quite a bit of Victory beers back in the day, but I think I haven't seen Victory for a while, so I haven't had a, a Golden Monkey, so I wouldn't even be able to tell for sure if it was or, or wasn't. I had it pretty recently. I remember the flavors in the in the Golden Monkey being a little more sharp. I thought so, too. I thought that... Uh, I, I, I agree. I thought the Golden Monkey um, had a bit more kick and and... And sharpness at the at the end, like a more it was a bit bitterness, bitier. bitier yeah. yeah. Okay, Chris, let's do it. Let's find out what this beer is. Number one that Jeff Seiler gave to you. you ready to rip your your yeah. label off? Man, yeah, I, let's do this. I can't even get my. I can't he taped even. the hell out of this thing. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Oh, oh. stuff. So it is a German. Half. Wine Stefana. Yes. Hefeweizen wheat white spice beer. Now he went out of the country on us. We were thinking in country. Okay. So we were wrong about the uh the style. Although we did mention German Hef. I at least I did. <laughs> but it threw me off because I'm used to I used to having a little bit banana in there. I didn't have banana. I and I, but maybe the banana. Actually, now I, now if I taste, now if I think about it, I'm tasting some banana in the back. But I was thinking is more bubble gummy, because I think I was wanting it to be uh, a Belgian whip. But uh, I'm trying to take I, all this wrapping off. I don't think I've ever had this one. Really? So this is the first beer for you. All right, I got my mine off. Yeah, and I'm um, I'm kind of uh, disappointed that I haven't had this one because this is this was this delicious. is great. This is uh, brewed in Bavaria, Germany, since 1040. That's an old beer. The world's o- oldest, the world's oldest brewery. Wow, great beer selection, Jeff. Thank you. It's only five point four percent alcohol, so we're not going to get waste wasted off of this. Not yet. 
Yeah, I ha- I've had this beer in, uh, but to be honest with you, I have it when I go to Germany or to Germany, <laughs> when I go to Israel. Uh, well, thank you, Jeff. I think Chris may have just had this for the first time. I've had this before. Um, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, I enjoy it on draft. Um, I think the last time I had it was in Rehovot, Israel. Maybe I had it in Tel Aviv as well. But at uh, we went to a uh, the burger place over by where my work is. There, it's uh, oh gosh, it's the uh, now I can't think of the damn name of it. But they have this on draft, and they they had just put on a brand new keg, and I had the first like the first couple first pint of it, and oh my gosh, when you get this fresh. It is like incredible, and this tastes pretty good, though. Even uh, in a can, it's it it's hold, it holds up really well. Yeah, mm. this this one's a good one. Hamburg, I'll that's, be that's uh, the name of the burger place. <clears throat> Hamburg. Okay, I'll be uh, searching for this one the next time I'm looking for just a easy drinker. Easy drink, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. find it in the import section. Import section, we're good. All right, well. Uh, let's continue on with the show because we've got I a lot of content. We told you. You have had it. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, Bill Schlemmer, Amanda and Kevin Argauer, Mark Reedy, Mike Blanchard, Tara Carlson, and Jim Kutzel, and Alex Fuchs, who are our virtual producers. And Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Chalamasa, Massa, Mark Church, and Eric Gronley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. All right. We got some feedback. We're going to go over this pretty quick because, again, a lot of content. Uh, this feedback came from our Discord server, some of our listeners who are participating on the Discord server. And I asked the question, what were your favorite beers of 2022? And if you can, provide your year in beer stats like we did on the last episode. And we start off with Will D. For him, it was Delirium Black Barrel Aged and Collective Arts IPA number 19. They were solid beers, both big in their own regard, but still full of flavor. And then Eric Gronley, his year in beer was, uh, and he said, well, he says, he's commenting on his year in beer. His check-ins were down this year from last, 388 versus 500. Wow, that's a significant uh, down. Maybe I bought more of my favorites where I don't check them in. I agree with you. That's what I do. That's what I ran into. Yeah. Yeah. I probably had, if I would have you know, checked into every beer I had and it was all new, I would have had probably a thousand beers. No, not really a thousand, maybe 500. Um, So I would have been right there with you, Eric. I would have had about 500. Uh, He said he checked into a hundred different styles, which are cool and crazy to think about. I agree. That's a lot of different styles, which is good. You're, you're spinning that wheel and, and trying a lot of different beers. He drank it from 134 breweries and checked in the same amount of beer on Mondays as he does in Fridays, probably 26 of those Mondays were from listening on the live stream of the show. Thank you, Eric, for joining us live and drinking with us. We love that. And then Brody Quinn, Mr. Chad Lamassa, that's Brody Quinn is his username on Discord there. 
my year in beer, my check-ins dropped from 870 <laughs> to 790. Oh, wow. I'm not sure how that happened. I feel like I drank just as much this year. I drank the most on Saturdays with 362 check-ins. That makes sense, though. That's my date day with Cindy, and we go to the breweries. Flights make it easy to get bigger numbers. Sunday was second with 112, and he tried 133 different styles, which is insane. I had beers from 216 breweries, which was up from my 202 and 21, and Pipe the Side Brewing Company was his most checked-in brewery with 34 beers. Shoo! Two of my favorite beers were Rage from from Android Theory and Hippo Hooray from Tripping Animals. Wow, Tripping Animals is in. Wait, no, that's in a Florida. Is where? Tripping Animals is down here in Florida. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good. I was. <clears throat> I didn't want. I didn't want to be off. There. Denny, don't forget to share the uh, live stream because I just did. Yeah, yeah. Let me share that live stream as soon as uh, we finish Robbie Sanders' voicemail. Oh, did you get that email? I probably did. Okay. Well, but, let me you know, talk I, uh... be- while, <clears throat> while Chris cues that up because I forgot to remind him. Uh, let me talk. Let me tell you how you can contact the show. You can do that easy with your comments and questions through email at tapthecraftgmail.com. Or if you'd rather hit us on social media, you can hit us on Twitter and Instagram at tapthecraft. And of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And we do have our very own tapthecraft podcast website where you can get all the shows and links and everything there. And we also, as I mentioned, started a Discord server for the community to interact with us, uh, you know, more uh, one-on-one in a private space reserved just for our community. You can get the link at the top of the Tap to Craft website or go to our Linktree site, uh, which is linktr.ee slash tap to craft. Okay, you ready now, Chris? I am ready. So you go ahead and share that. And uh, the rest of you that are on with us too, if you wouldn't mind sharing that on your social media, we would truly appreciate it. So let's hear what Robbie Sanders has to say. Hey guys, it's Robbie Sanders. I was calling to wish you all happy new year. I was listening to your episode here and I got partway through and realized I hadn't called to say Merry Christmas and happy new year and so forth. So that's why I'm calling. I'm actually currently making some pizzas on my big green egg and having a cold beverage. And I wanted to wish you all the best in 2023. Crazy, right? And um, enjoy your show as always. And hope you guys are having a great holiday season and wishing you the best for next year. Take care. All right. Well, thank you, Robbie. Uh, we appreciate the uh, the Merry Christmas, the ho- Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, and the New Year. Of course, uh, cheers to the New Year. Um, and we appreciate your your voicemail. We love getting voicemails. If you want to be like Robbie and get your voice heard on the air and leave us a message, you can do that easy by calling two zero eight five three six three three five nine, or if it's easier for you to remember, two zero eight five three oddly, and get your voice on the show that's basically how you become one of our favorites <laughs> yeah voicemails we, we yeah we do favor the voicemail callers 
we do. All right, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it is time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. Well, now that I've uh, cleared that out of my throat, let's uh, see what everybody's drinking. So remember, guys, if you want us to read your check-ins on our show, uh, make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345 and uh, 24 hours prior to our recording, we will read your check-ins. <laughs> so we're going to start with the Gnarly Gnome. I feel like we've been getting a lot of his in uh, recently yeah. as well. Um, but he is drinking a Naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y, Naughty Brunette by Twin Peaks Brewing Company at Twin Peaks, Westchester. You go there for the food, guys. I know. Um, rich and nutty, but still super drinkable. I still am not a fan of the frosted glassware, <laughs> yeah. but the beer isn't too bad. And I feel like the food is better than it used to be here. Uh, yeah. Um, like I said, you go there for the food. Um, no rating on that one. Oh, and I got tagged in that one. That's all. Um, and his buddy Chris said in one of the comments, if a beer has to be that cold to be drinkable, that's a problem. Oh, the yeah. frosted glass is their gimmick, like the ice top at McKenzie Rivers Bar. Okay. Well, wait, who said that? McKinley, McKenzie River Bar? Uh, his friend Chris H. On Untapped. Oh. And who is this that did the check in? <laughs> Narlin, not the gnarly gnome. Okay. So he's in Kentucky. No, no, they're in Ohio. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think because both of those are... Wait, what was the place he was at? He was at Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's what which I, is, I could swear this is like in Boise because we have Twin Peaks and... Well, they we have Twin Peaks too. Oh, do you? Yeah. And they've got that... And, and it's a funny story. I think I might have already told it. But one of my coworkers, when it first opened, they went there after work for a beer, brought the cold beers down set it down on the, on the metal table. It frosted to the table. He went to pick it up and the bottom stayed on there and the beer <laughs> oh, wow. all over his, got all over him because it, it broke the glass. And I'm like, yeah, something's wrong with that. With that. So, so we had that, but we also have not in Boise, but in, uh, oh in Pocatello, <laughs> we have a McKenzie river grill, um, as well. So oh. it's just, I don't know. I, I was getting confused with the, I kept thinking. Well, it's a, I thought it's a great it was name, in, so I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, it's true. That's true. <laughs> so I'll take that. Um, next on the list, Mr. Bill Schlemmer is drinking an almost midnight rye milk stout by Good City Brewing. Uh, after this beer, new 2023 resolution: drink, uh, drink very few milk stouts. <laughs> this one is rather mild tasting, not that good. Expected more rye flavor, very creamy. Uh, two and three quarter caps for that check in there. Um, Got to do this one just because it's sentimental and it seems to be a good beer too. Chad Lamasa is drinking a thick as thieves by idiom brewing company guys. Spoiler alert. This is a sad check in splitting uh -oh. this with my wife. Our dog passed away this morning. Oh, no. It has cool can art, but I put our girl Quinn in the picture Lots of berries and marshmallow. Quite good. Love you, Quinn. Five cap rating. Um, and it looks like Quinn chilling out on what I would assume, Chad, you mentioned was her favorite place in the house. So yeah. sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sorry too, Chad. That's <clears throat> that's sad. Yeah. 
Um, next on the list, <clears throat> Bill Schlemmer is uh, not, he's checking in a couple of things, but doesn't seem like uh, he's getting some solid high rating beers. Uh, the Afterglow by Good City Brewing, he said, didn't knock my socks off, but a good beer. Uh, three and a half caps. And then for his 2022 rye density from Good City Brewing, for my palate, the rye is very understated. Pretty boozy, probably better with a little more age, expected more complexity. Mm-hmm. So four or a three and three quarter caps for him uh, on that check-in. Um, <clears throat> Jeff Seiler is drinking a panic at the beer aisle by liquid gravity brewing company. He said, yes, I've seen my share of panics at the beer aisle. Calm down people. Okay. This beer is super fruity and citrusy and our Christmas tree has now taken its post in a woodland songbird shelter oh. or as a woodland songbird shelter. The Carls and tit mice are very happy. Uh, four and a quarter cap. So, so I'm curious how, Jeff, how do you uh, prepare the tree for this great second life? Um, so it looks like he took it out into the woods, leaned it up against a big old oak tree, <laughs> and left. <laughs> okay, if that works, that works then. All right. So it looks like it did. So I uh, cheers to the Cardinals and tit mice. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Kevin Page is drinking... I used to imagine all the bright lights and glory by Burial Burial Beer oh. Company. Uh, no notes and no uh, check it or no cap rating on this one. Um, <clears throat> Chad, I like the label art on this one. Uh, Tomorrow Never Pies by uh, KCBC, Kings County Brewers Collective. He said, uh, toasting my girl Quinn again. She always turned her nose up at beer, though. Ha <laughs> ha. Strawberries and lemons. A little tart. Gotta love the punny name. Four cap rating for that one. Um, Jeff Seiler said, uh, I've been there thinking about you. Remember the great times. That's right. And I think I said this in the last episode, too. I love the fact that our listeners develop relationships outside of just mm-hmm. hanging out with us on here, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> Speaking of Mr. Jeff Seiler, he's also drinking a peanut butter cup by Southern Tier. Oh, it's a big chocolatey peanut butter and coconut. Oh, it's like a <laughs> Reese's cup and a Mounds bar had a baby. More, please. Wow, oh, that's delicious. Wow, wow, it's got a, a lot of things cup. that I enjoy. Yeah, it's um, you know, Southern Tier has gotten to be one of those breweries that you know, they still make some decent stuff, but sometimes they can get a little over the top. But I'm glad to hear not, that. Not that as one over is the a, top as as that Angry Chair brewery. Uh Angry Chair. Yeah. And it just becomes chocolate syrup, some of them. Yeah. And uh yeah. at some of those. Uh Eric Gronley checking into a surf wax IPA by Burial Beer Company. Uh happy Monday. I'm blown away by this beer. Has great tropical citrus and pine balance from the hops mm. malt is light and easy to drink it's a clean and smooth finish very nice thanks jeff see again the wow. listeners uh the listeners are doing their thing <laughs> uh, four and a quarter caps for that <laughs> beer there um well denny we got tagged on this one oh. too from florida steve uh he's che- he's still checking into his advent beers oh my oh uh, yeah I, he's probably having trouble gagging him down well, this one, it sounds like it. It was the the amber American Amber Lager. Uh, bland. Very little <laughs> character. 
Uh, Me swing and a miss. <laughs> One solid cap for that check. I don't think I, I'm just making a statement, but it seems like last, last three years that I've seen people check into the Advent beer box from Costco that this has been the overall statement is is people have been very unwowed by the beers that they're getting and it's an yeah. expensive beer box that's 70 dollar beer um, box right and for that kind of money for 24 beers you should get some decent beers i mean two bucks a beer yeah but it sounds like you know they're not getting their two bucks worth either <laughs> yeah what do you want from costco yeah um jeff we see checking into a pheasant fest beer that's fest beer with a ph oh uh, by take 16 brewing company malty biscuity flavor profile with a clean crisp finish cheers four and a three quarter caps for that check-in uh mr matt knight is waving hello on the uh comments section of our live feed here hey matt but it looks like Florida Steve is going to redeem himself by drinking a weed line by Copper Point Brewing Company. Matt does it again. I guess Matt's the brewer there. Uh, <laughs> wow, such a complex beer, citrusy, tropical, and a veggie grassy finish. Dang, so good. Four and three quarter caps for that check in. Well, I'm surprised veggie grassy grassy is okay. Veggie uh, veggie is not so much. Hard but, for me to to enjoy a veggie um hop character but okay to each their own <laughs> or they'd say it's everybody's perspective <laughs> <That's> right, right? <laughs> um and then last but not least mr robert slash chew your beer is drinking an oblivex by tired hand brewing company but he said very sweet not mm. my style of hazy two cap rating for that beer Mm. and uh two cap wow he really didn't matt like that. threw this one in last minute thanks buddy matt knight is drinking a yule y-u-l-e you'll shoot your rye out <laughs> I, bourbon love, barrel I love it <laughs> by hamburg brewing company speaking of hamburg you know, we're all having some hamburg beer today oh. <laughs> um, lots of liquor up front but it's smooth and a nice contrast to the rye on the back end the nice. uh it must be italian edition it must be Italian. Yeah, right? Uh, four and a quarter caps for that one. You and I were tagged on that as well. Oh, sweet. And that is what everybody was drinking. Wow. Great beers, everyone. Thanks for sharing. Uh, talking about great beers. Hey, you ready for another beer? You finished your last one? I am, oh, hang on one second. Yeah. Me, wow. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're slacking, dude. Listen, I'm still fighting off whatever this is. You back off. Well, you know what? Yesterday, you still... We're having trouble talking. You started taking your medicine, which mm -hmm. was beer. And guess what? Yeah. You miraculously recovered. So keep drinking, buddy. Keep drinking. Right. Dr. Denny said so. Okay. Well, now it's time for our beer tasting from Eric Gronley, one of our great listeners in Minnesota. He sent us some Minnesota beers. We tasted a couple last episode. This episode, we're going to try one from another one from Surly, the Furious IPA. This is 6.7% ABV, and guess what? Should I tell them the average rating, or should we wait? No, we'll tell them. 6.87 average rating with over 148,000 ratings on Untapped. That's a lot of ratings. This beer is... is oh, yeah, it is, yeah. This beer is made with malt from two-row, golden promise, aromatic medium crystal, and roasted barley. The hops are Warrior, 
uh, Atatum. Atanon? Atun? <laughs> What's that word? Atanum? Crap, where'd it go? Atanum. I scrolled down. I didn't scroll. Yeah. I scrolled Cascade, too far down. Cascade, Simcoe, <laughs> and Amarillo. I have a tr- trouble saying that. Atanum. Atanum? Come on, man. Help me reading. out. Uh, oh, Antonym? Antonym? Atanum? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. the way you said it. Yeah, it sounds great. And the yeast is English L yeast. And this is what the brewery has to say. The beer that built Surly. Aggressively hopped and citrusy, but with a chewy caramel malt backbone. Going old school here. Old school IPA. Surly is called Surly due to our inability to find good beer in town. Furious is one of those first beers we brewed to rectify that situation. The rest is history. And people ask us to describe Furious all the time. It's not quite like any other IPA out there. We give them the flavor notes and the hop profile, but it never seems like it's enough. What makes Furious Furious? Let's try this. You know that feeling. When you do something that pushes you to your absolute limit, and people think you're a little off your nut for even doing it, and you kind of agree with them, but God damn it, getting it, getting done. It's getting done. And then you fucking do it. And there's no one there to see you but you and the dog, so you hi-fi the dog. That's furious. Wow. Now, anytime you can put anytime you can put an <laughs> F-bomb in the uh, description of a beer... All about it. <laughs> this is from their website, by the way. So, hey, th- these are surly guys, right? Um, yeah. Are you ready to try this IPA? This flagship? I am. It smells like something I want like to rub on the handle of my wooden baseball bat. Oh, a little pine tar action. All right. I'm pouring this in. I'm using one of my lager B cups because I want to have a fresh glass for all three of these beers. Okay, good. It didn't go over. I'm pouring slowly. It's a 12-ounce can. And I do like I do like the simplicity of this, yet it gets the mm-hmm. point across that, hey, this thing is on fire. This is on fire. Well, that's a pretty color right there. This is a... Uh, yeah, the coloring is copper. awesome. This is... Co- you're absolutely correct. It's a copper coloring... If copper pipe was a beer color, yeah. this is exactly it. Uh, it's clear. It's got uh, uh, off almost almost tan, but off off white to tan colored head. It's got a mixture of dense and coarse bubbles. Oh, ho, ho. oh yeah! This beer smells fantastic. Old school IPA. Oh my gosh! Don't. Hopefully, Sarah won't come up here because she'll be very jealous. She loves this kind of IPA. All right. So appearance, love it, love it. You can definitely tell there's some caramel in there. They also said there's some roasted barley. I don't know if that gave any any of this coloring too. Right off the nose, you get the pine, you get the citrus. I almost get some oak in there too. You get you get pine and citrus. I don't. That's all I care about. Smells like an IPA, it old does. school. Mm-hmm. Eric Gronley said this will take you way back <laughs> for your time machine. Okay, well let's go ahead and take a sip of this six point seven percent 
old school IPA. He wasn't kidding. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It hits my hits my lips and my mouth just right. Get that little bit of a of a puckering action from that nice hoppy character. Um, but we you know what I like? It is not heavy. This is actually kind of a, I wouldn't say light, but it's a it's a it's a it's a more mellower bodied uh, IPA for what we sense of being a lot more hoppy character. One of the things about the old school IPAs is sometimes they came across a little bit heavier with those hops. Yeah, <clears throat> and this one doesn't have that heaviness. Um, definitely coating your mouth with pine. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got pine up the wazoo here. Um, Mm. doesn't come across I mean you get some of that malt almost like that malt almost almost toffee but not it's not like heavy toffee but like on the verge of caramel but uh, you know going a little bit uh, darker character uh, and, and on the on the base of this um Definitely getting a drying sensation in my mouth. So it's a very dry, very dry beer. <laughs> you definitely got a dry IPA here, uh, which is good because a lot of times with the caramel, added addition to the caramel model, a lot of people don't like that additional, you know, sweet. And, not, I wouldn't say sweet, but that's, I guess, I guess sweet, sweet character. There's a no, little bit. It's, it's, it's got some sweetness to it, but it's... <clears throat> It's weird how it kind of bounces back and forth. You get that That's true. big hot bitter up front and then it mellows out with a little caramel sweetness and then it that big bitter at the very back end of it. Yeah, and, and in the mid, I can pick out some of that citrus character as it goes through the mid the mid section there, just on the roof of my mouth again. I'm as I'm as I'm battling through the the pine and the dryness, I'm getting uh, some citrus notes in there. And my daughter's calling me. Doesn't she know that I'm recording right now? Oh my gosh! At first, she doesn't bring you. Shouldn't bring Jim me Dandy Jim Dandy beer beer twice, twice, twice. Yes. not once, but yes. twice. And then she's uh, interrupting and, during and recording. She should be watching me live. Instead, she's bugging me. Come on, uh, she's a mo. The you're, kids, you're right. It's, uh, <laughs> I said in the last episode, we're gonna have to have a little chat with this. Yeah, one. we need to have a chat. Something, something's not going right here. Wow, I like this. This is a fantastic. Now I know why this is a flagship, and people just oh, you know what? Let's say what Eric had some notes on this beer. Oh yeah. Now that we've 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 talked about our tasting notes and so he says Eric's notes are the flagship IPA from Surly is one found in almost every bar in the area. It's iconic and maybe doesn't stand out as much as when it first came out sixteen years ago. But I promise. It challenged beer drinkers and sparked creativity in up-and-comers. Hey, this thing could hold. I, I, this is a beer that 16 years ago can definitely hold its place. And yeah. um, probably the beer that I remember hearing about Surly Brewing. Um, and this is probably the beer that, that people were talking about back in the day as well. So, Well, thank you, Eric, for providing this beer to us. Um, 
I'm definitely enjoying it. And I'm glad that I got the, uh, oh, she just apologized. She, she forgot that I was recording. So, hey, at least she remembered. Yeah. There you go. She yeah. made redemption. <laughs> Get it together, young lady. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, thank you for sending this one. I'm glad we got to basically drink the flagship of Surly. This is what, this is why they started brewing beer, right? Because they wanted a damn good beer in town. And Furious is that beer. Um, rating wise, how do you want to rate this one? What do you think? It is, um, I don't know if I'd be able to have more than one of these. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mostly just because of how big those flavors are. Mostly the bitterness in it. Um, yeah. It's good as, I, I mean, I like it. I, I would get it to enjoy again. I don't know if I'd be able to enjoy a second one though. Because that would be a. Uh, I, I would drink, little. yeah, the, the times that I would drink more than one, I could do two. But if I did three, I would be suffering next, like, unless I drink a lot of water. I, I feel yeah. like this one would be, would would definitely be uh, grinding my gr- gut a little bit if I had three of these. But uh, yeah, you're right. So what was that? What do you think? What, then if, if, I, if you're going to only have one, but you're going to enjoy that one. I'm stuck between 3.75 and 4. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I'm going with a solid 4.25. Boom. Lift that. <laughs> That's right. So then you and I both average out to a 4. <laughs> to a 4. We're, we're, yeah. ho- we're holding st- steady with the uh, rest, of, four. rest of the world. And look, and look at us. We're sticking to our, uh, our year in beer average rating. Mm-hmm. 4. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, this is uh yeah, it's good. I like this beer. Um it reminds me of of the uh of of the beers that that really got like at the peak of my craft beer journey where I was only drinking hoppy bitter things, IPAs. Um this would have fit right in there and it would have been like at the at right up there with my Lagunitas. And my full cell, extra special pale, and my torpedo, torpedo, yeah, all, all, yeah, all that, all that stuff would have been right up there um, with the rest of them. And it's a good beer, so thank you. Yeah, I, had a tor- I, I had a torpedo a couple of a uh, couple of months ago, and it Th- was this one I is mean, this, was... this one is not as bitter as the torpedo. The torpedo no. still um, is a little bit heavier, and it, it definitely has a little bit more uh, bitterness bite to it. Um, cause I had, I had one a little bit a while ago too. And I was, it was good. I enjoyed it, but I definitely wouldn't drink more than one of those at a time. <laughs> Unless I wanted to yeah. feel the pain. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Hey, let's get on to the brew buzz and the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics. And this week we are going to discuss how light or pale lager became America's beer preference preference <laughs> preference america <clears throat> as a whole not us craft beer drinkers but how how did it become so damn popular and i've i pulled this information from a couple articles um and again a lot of this is taken directly from these articles so i'll have the links you can go read the entirety of the articles there's more in the articles but i pulled pieces of each and uh, put together this history of of how how this happened. So the first one is how 19th century German immigrants revolutionized 
America's beer industry, found on the History.com website. History.com, it can't be wrong, right? It's history. I mean, it's got to be legit. Yeah. And the History of Lager in America, found on the Vine Pair website. Again, a little extra bits of tidbits of information that I didn't find on, on History.com. So I've added those in there as well to, to make a full story. So... I'll start it off, Chris, and then I'll, I'll pass it to you. You can read a couple paragraphs and pass it back to me. I don't want you to strain those vocal cords. Okay. All right. So, how did lager become America's most popular libation? Sold everywhere from convenience stores to luxury hotels. It began in the mid-19th century when throngs of German immigrants brewed the light, pale, effervescent alcoholic beverage in their kitchens for a taste of home. Resourceful German brewers grew the lager industry into a powerhouse by aggressively promoting the new drink to American palates, even turning war and tragedy into opportunity. They cemented their dominance by adopting new industrial technologies and continually improving their recipes. Along the way, opponents of both alcohol and immigrants tied or tried to derail their progress. A fight over the right to drink lager even pulled apart the professional baseball league, launching what would become the American League. Wow. How you doing, Chris? I'll, I'll read one more and I'll let you read a couple, okay? Okay. All right. Nearly 5 million German immigrants entered the United States between 1820 and 1900, many flocking to growing manufacturing hubs around the Midwest especially in and around St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Cincinnati, the so-called German Triangle. By mid-century, some craftsmen brought over their yeast and recipes for Bavarian lagers and golden pilsners. The bubbly, palish beers took six weeks to eight months to make in temperatures slightly above freezing, but could be stored for longer periods of time, a sales advantage over darker Anglo-inspired Inspired ales, which had dominated the U.S. beer consumption until then. Because ales had short fermentation times, they soured quickly, limiting brewers' There's batch that. size and market reach. So I highlighted a couple sentences here or statements because this is really how, you know, the, the, the main, I think the main reasoning of, of how the lager, the lighter lager style, um, started to to overcome those darker beers that we had before, is because they could be stored for longer periods. Back in the early days, they didn't have refrigeration trucks. They didn't have ways of keeping beer fresh. And if you, you know, if if it had a, you know, if it if it couldn't store, it went bad. And like I said. Yeah. The short fermentation times with the ales, those beers would sour quickly and it wouldn't wouldn't store as long. So they they went to lager for things that could last longer and and were able to you know basically travel around the the, the country easier as well. Okay. Well, then I guess that answers the question of why not porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Porters couldn't stand as couldn't couldn't make it as long without deteriorating and, and making a bad beer. You don't want to drink bad beer. You want to drink good beer. No, no. Well, when John Wagner, a Bavarian brewer, arrived in America in 1840, 
He came with some precious cargo, a supply of lager yeast from native Bavaria. And as far as American cities go, he picked the right place. Philadelphia had been brewing beer for 160 years. However, the beer that Philadelphia and the rest of America had been imbibing was not like the beer Wagner had drunk in Germany. Americans were drinking English-style ales. We have Wagner to thank for introducing the lager to America. When German brewers arrived in the U.S., naturally began to find that much of its barley was a variety called six-row, as opposed to the German two-row. The stuff was gummier, higher protein, and hard to brew, Mike Lenane, six-point formulation specialist, says. Basically, the beers were coming out too thick. To solve this problem, German-American brewers began adding lower protein grains like rice and corn to more closely emulate the German lagers. These pre-prohibition lagers with the blend of rice and corn and the six-row barley were probably delicious and fairly close to what was being brewed back at home in Germany. So they used the other grains just to make it lighter, not because it was cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of see the idea of it now. I always thought, oh, they put rice in there and corn because it's cheaper <laughs> and a lot more. They can get a lot more of it, but <clears throat> that makes a lot more sense now. An estimated 4,000 German breweries popped up around the country by the mid-1870s, according to brew, uh, beer historian Carl Miller, becoming neighborhood hubs in growing cities. New beer barons, I wonder how Joel's doing. <laughs> uh, new beer barons forged brewing dynasties around the country. Adolphus Bush, at the helm of his father-in-law's Eberhard Anheuser's operation in St. Louis. Christian Morley in Cincinnati. George Errett, who ran Hellgate Brewery in New York City, and Jacob Rupert, again, uh, another New Yorker who brought who bought the struggling New York Yankees in 1915 and used beer profits to build Yankee Stadium and hire Babe Ruth and other star players. Headiest among America's beer boomtowns was Milwaukee, which by the late 19th century boasted four of the world's largest ethnic German-owned breweries and became the top beer-producing city in the world for years. One reason? The intense rivalry between brewers Frederick Pabst and Joseph Schlitz. Once they figured it out, these light, cold, fermented, and refreshing lagers soon spread up and down the East Coast and then across the country. Okay. So... Brewers seek expansion to non-German markets. To grow the market for German lager, brewers had to get non-Germans to drink it. Paps and Slitch found opportunities in both tragedy and war. The Great Chicago Fire of 1871, some 90 miles uh, down the coast of Lake Michigan from Milwaukee, left 100,000 people homeless, leveled 18,000 structures, and burned virtually all the city's breweries. Paps used this newer steam-powered ship to quickly move barrels of lager south by uh, buying up warehouse space in Chicago to store them. Schlitz transported barrels by rail and gave free beer to forlorn survivors, fostering widespread goodwill. Ten years earlier, Schlitz had made similar or similarly savvy move during the Civil War, shipping ice-chilled barrels down the Mississippi River to some of the 200,000 German immigrants fighting for the North. 
Germans comprised the largest ethnic contingent in the Union Army, one out of every 10 soldiers. And along the river and near the battlefields, they mixed with locals, spreading the crisp, light lager taste to the more non-German palates. New technologies and brewing techniques also helped expand markets. Steam engines improved shipping and brewing. Refrigeration and artificial cooling, which arrived in the 1870s, allowed lager makers to store beer longer and ship it farther. Countrywise, brewers kept tweaking their recipes, searching for the right ingredients to make a crisper, cleaner, more bubbly beer with with a much longer shelf life. Um, I'll go ahead and finish this off, Chris. Save your okay. save your your uh, throat there. Okay, so there was an interesting story that was also in these articles. In 1878, the relatively new National Baseball League, seeking to sanitize its image, stopped selling alcohol in stadiums, banned Sunday games, and hiked ticket prices out of reach for working people. Fans of a team in pro in Protestant more. I know how to say this. Worcester, right? Worcester? Worcester, Worcester, Worcester Massachusetts. I'm going to say Worcester. Right. Worcester, Massachusetts. I think that's how you say it. Oh, no. Don't, because you're going to get crap for that. It's Worcester. Worcester? Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, I was close, though, right? At least I didn't say Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, it's Worcester, Worcester, or as they'll call it in Boston, <laughs> it's Worcester. Worcester. Uh, complained about league stadiums with drunkards, gamblers, and prostitutes. Oh, my gosh. The league expelled the team of Cincinnati, a German-dominated city, when its president refused to follow the new rules. Six teams responded by bolting from the league, including four from heavily German-American St. Louis, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Philadelphia. In 1881, they formed the American Association, derogatively called the Beer and Whiskey League, and eventually became the American League in Major Baseball. Wow. Jim Kudzall said he was born in Worcester. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so that's how that's how America's beer became a light pale lager. To summarize it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow, we got I mean, through that pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We we still have we still have work to do uh, ahead of us. Have you have you finished your uh, your furious? I, I've got a few more sips. So do I. So you know we can uh, we can get into that. We've, we finished up this this uh, the this article. Mm-hmm. We've got you know our new noteworthies coming up. We'll have time to finish the rest of this furious. I got and one then, sip left. I'm I'm doing good. How you doing? Okay. Look. Oh, you! Oh, oh! Show off! It's gone. I see how you. I see how you are. Mine's gone. Yeah, yeah. Mine's gone. Mm. And then, <laughs> and then we'll have to get into the last one. Okay. Well, let's get into our new and noteworthy beer. I hope everyone enjoyed a little history lesson there on how, you know, how how light lager, pale lager, became America's favorite beer. There's some other stories I didn't. I, I thought I was getting a little bit long. Didn't want to bore you guys too much. Um, there's a whole nother, there, there's, and, and I might do a, a segment on this later about the influence of, of the war, uh, World War One and World War Two, on also the same thing, on, on promoting 
the uh, the light lager um, as America's beer. Um, there's a whole website that's dedicated to talking about you know about uh, war and stuff, and 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 they have a segment on the or a section or article on the beer of of that. So I, I might do a segment later on it that shows the influence of that. But there's a lot of influences that helped build this whole America's favorite beer is is a, is a light lager. Jim, uh, Jim Kudzall said kudos to my pronunciation. Oh, there you go. So, See, I was, I've watched a lot of Mark Wahlberg movies, so that helps. <clears throat> that and my nephew lived in Boston for a while. <laughs> Let's get into our new and noteworthy beers. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I only have two. Yeah, I have only, I only have one. You know, look at me trying to shortchange it. Um, yeah, I, I only had one in this, in this week and, you know, I haven't really been drinking much beer until yesterday. <laughs> well, that's why I guess it could have. That's why it took you so long to recover. It must be what yeah. it is because it's, uh, you know, other than the sound, I can talk <laughs> a lot better now after that. Uh, what did I have yesterday? The, uh, Christmas ale from ba- from Bells. Yes. My last one mm-hmm. of the season. So, so I figured it uh, worked out pretty well. Um, but for my new and noteworthy, excuse me, uh, f- coming from Cigar City, they're uh, Mayall's Object. So this is out of their El Catador Club. <clears throat> and this was a Baltic Porter. So you had me there. And then they aged it in Pinot Noir wine barrels. And Denny, not only was this a just a great Baltic porter, but then you add some complexities like, well, red wine mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really well because yeah. there were some earthy notes in it, kind of the oakiness to it. There was some bitterness, kind of the tannins that were left in there, maybe a little vanilla and a little bit of roast. And it was such a wonderful beer. And uh, I think I have one more left, which I hope that's the case because I'd like to enjoy that one again. Um, but simply put, the uh, Baltic Porter aged in Pinot Noir wine barrels, gave it a four and a half cap rating. And uh, I'm super excited to try or to have the next one um, if it's still in my fridge, unless we drank it and didn't realize it. So what about you are you uh i had two beers the first beer they're both 4.5 cap ratings uh now i drank more beers than this but these are the only two noteworthy ones i had some beers that you know weren't so noteworthy i'll i'll talk about one beer i i kind of hinted to it earlier in the show from english angry chair um but uh but hey this is a mother of all storms from pelican brewing 2020 Mm. version it's an English barley wine, barrel aged. Uh, I love these beers. Uh, in fact, I just bought a bottle this year that uh, they mismarked, and I got it for five dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and I should have picked up a whole case at that price. If I would have known it was that price, I would have. But luckily, they hadn't. Uh, someone made a mistake, and I benefited from it. I think they left off a one on the beginning of that, but that's okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is a, a English barley wine. I love English barley wines. This one is barrel aged, uh, hit or miss with barrel aged barley wines, but this one was done well. It says bringing in the new year with a big beer. This beer is always good. Lots of complex flavors, layered and rich aged two years and still slightly boozy, but I had no problem drinking all 20 
two ounces of 14% beer by myself and enjoying every sip. 4.5 rating. I would have loved to have shared this with somebody, but you know what? Nobody was here to drink it with me. So I had to drink all 22 ounces by myself. I mean, you have to, you do what you have to do. <laughs> I had their uh, 2021 version ah. of it uh, during Hurricane Ian. That's right. Uh, That's right. A couple of months ago. Now they only put it in a uh, you know sixteen ounce bottle. That's the new bottles, yes. Uh, in fact, that the twenty twenty one no, the one I just bought may have been twenty twenty one, and it's sixteen point nine ounce bottle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I had was twenty twenty one. Okay, and that was uh, that was a phenomenal beer. Yeah, because they Funny enough, they age it. Would you rate it? What's that? What did you rate it? Uh, the twenty twenty version was four point five. Okay, so the one you just finished. So, but yeah, that. That's what I rated the 2021 version. Okay. Yeah. I, they usually aged a, usually it's a year when they release it, it's a year after it was, they, they put a the year that it, it was barrel age or whatever. So it's, they, they age it for a six months to a year and then release it. So yeah, I think I probably have the 2021 as well. I just picked that up for 550. That's a great prize. Any beer for 550, like a, like a big yeah. beer is good. <laughs> 16 ounce. No kidding. Barrel aged. <laughs> English barley wine for that price? That's killer. Okay. I, I, and, and that beer will be a five just because of the price I paid. Um, next beer. I just had this one last night. I was only going to have one beer too, Chris, until last night when I drank the Fort George Dismal Niche Swartz beer, Dark Lager. This is a great Swartz beer, a nice roast character with hints of coffee and chocolate, not too bitter, but also not too light. Well done, Fort George. Four and a half cap rating. Uh, really good Swartz beer. I love Swartz beer. Um, I just wish more breweries would brew it. I just love drinking that dark lager. Okay. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Now, I hinted at last episode that I did get some... I think I made a mistake, too. I, I said uh, collaboration. I, I can't remember what I said. It's actually a Michigan clap beer. No, not Michigan. Uh, Minnesota. No. Wisconsin? Shoot. I don't even know. It was a collaboration with someone. I was thought it was the same, the one out of Florida, but it was actually one out of Minnesota, I think. Untitled Art? That's Minnesota, yep. right? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay, good. See, it's Midwest. I, I get all confused. Um, but this beer was, was that collaboration with, it's called Midnight Toffee Stout. Oh, yeah, Untitled Art. Um, and collab, collab with Angry Chair. Uh, it's not a new and noteworthy. It's a new beer, but not one I want to drink ever again. Uh, it says exactly as titled, big, sweet toffee and chocolate stout, super thick too. This is a sipper for sure. It is a bit too much for me. The sweetness, that is, uh, I need at least three people to help me drink this one. It's a 16 ounce can. And I swear it took me about an hour to sip the sucker down. It was so, yeah. it was so sweet and so big. Um, and it was a good beer, but because it was just too sweet and too boozy, I gave it a three and three quarter cap rating. Um, so yeah, that's, I just wanted to mention that, that one because sometimes it can be too much and angry chair, I think, and untitled art went a little bit too much. I did enjoy that, uh, I think at last last episode I talked about Untitled Arts 
uh, sour beer that they had. It was really good. I did enjoy that. One. It was a peach one. Wasn't yeah, it? peach. Yeah, you're right. It was peach. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Chris. That's our new and noteworthy. So now we're going to do a beer that our list, our great listener, Bill Schlemmer, sent Chris and I. Notice that we had three listeners send us a beer all at the same time. So we're trying to uh, – our, our, our game plan for this is to, uh, is to try to fit them all in and get the ones that uh, need to be drank right away, drank right away. So we're going with the IPAs you know, first, right, because those are the ones that are going to lose, lose some of the characteristics – First, so I think now we've hit our last IPA and the next beers. Uh, and next episode, we're going to have a guest on. We should have a guest on next episode. Yeah, we're having yep, a guest. Last I heard. So we probably won't do any tastings during that unless it's from the guest's beers. Yep. Uh, and then we'll do tastings with those beers. So we need to wait a that whole another I- basically month before we drink. But luckily, all the beers we have left, except for the ones that Jeff gave us because they – they might be, you know. Uh, Jeff, are there other hoppy <laughs> beers in beers two through four? I'm you sure know, there is. I'm sure there is. Asking for a friend here. <laughs> but we are going to, uh, but we do have some that we can kind of have these, we can do these tastings over a number of episodes in the beginning of the year. So we're really grateful, uh, especially the ones that Bill sent that are uh, Belgian inspired or Belgian ales. Uh, those will be really good to, to do over time. So, Okay. So our next beer tasting is from Phase 3 Brewing. They're triple dry hopped, triple pixel density IPA with the Citra. 10%. Oh, yeah. You can. <laughs> can't see anything with your can. It's uh, 10% ABV. Yeah, we're doing a triple IPA as a last Glass. beer. We aren't messing around, guys. This is it. 16 I ounces. Walked out, I walked out into the living room. And I said to Tina, I I gotta go finish a 10% beer and I'm already nice and buzzed. <laughs> this is the way we roll. We roll it. Um, yeah, we're rolling something. And uh this this brewery, phase three brewing, is out of Lake Zurich, Illinois. Uh and now mm. now Bill did send us uh some Wisconsin beers. We will be drinking those at you know in in the upcoming shows. But he also sent us a, a few of these uh, Phase 3 beers. So we're drinking this one, and there's a rye lager, too, that we'll be trying later on. I can't wait to try why rye lager. Everyone knows how mm-hmm. much I love rye in my beers. Wow. I just got emptied this whole can into this stout glass I, B-cup. I tried not to taste it when I was trying to make sure the foam didn't fall on my desk. So it's a hazy. It's a hazy triple. It's a... Uh... That's yeah, that is orange like orange Julius, like uh, deliciousness. Um, and all I have on here is what I told you. It's ten percent. Uh, I couldn't find. I went to to Phase Three Brewing's website. I clicked on their beers. I clicked on this beer, and where did it take me? It took me to Untapped. <laughs> Untapped has nothing except that it's an average rating of four point three five rating with over twenty eight hundred ratings on untapped so uh the beer is pretty good triple ipa new england style so if we look at it it's very it's it's hazy opaque uh it's got a one finger head sticking around uh it looks pretty white maybe a slight off-white coarse and 
dense bubbles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That summarizes the mm-hmm. uh, appearance. Let's take a, a whiff of the of the aroma. Oh wow, tropical. Lots of fruit. Yeah, tropical, which is interesting. They call this citra, and I do get I do get citrus uh, aromas, but it, I'm also getting like pineapple, right? Pineapple in there, mango, maybe a little mango. I mean, I'm guessing that if they call it citra, it must be a single hop type thing, but maybe maybe not. I don't know. I, I wouldn't expect to get mango out of citra, or would I? Or- Maybe melon. Melon, yeah, some melon. I agree. Maybe some melon too. Good nose. Good nose pickup there, Chris. Especially with your illness you're just getting over. Ripe. I'd say ripe fruit too. It's yeah. very ripe. It smells. It's it's honestly, I'm telling you, uh, the aroma of this beer is making me want to take a sip. So, Chris, let's go ahead and take a sip of this thing. Wow. Okay. Is that fruit juice or beer? It's it has heavy fruit puree <laughs> type character to it. Yeah, um, and it it also I I'm gonna have to take a few more sips because uh, at first I felt the heat I felt some heat in there, um, booziness heat wise. Oh, you know what? We never did our beer allergy 101, did we? Okay, when we finish this tasting, I'm going to go back up because I have a beer terminology 101 that oh, I forgot to do. Okay. I, somehow I got beer speed. Beer speed. Yeah. yeah, but but hey, well, sorry to distract. I obviously the- That's okay. We we can <laughs> jump into that here in just a second because it's kind of um we talked about it on the last mm-hmm. episode. I'm really trying to take feedback from our listeners and incorporate into the show if you haven't been able to tell in this episode well while you're while we're getting into that one too um i want you to finish up with your your comments on notes that you're getting out of this and i've got uh the flavor and aroma profile of citra pulled up okay okay so um the initial the initial sip, uh, I felt like it was uh, um, almost, I, I felt like, oh, there might be some hot burn in there, but I don't think it was hot burn. I think it a was- A little bit. Maybe a little bit, but I've taken two more sips since then. I don't get that hot burn. I think it was the initial shock to my system <laughs> of, the, of the alcohol that's in here. Maybe it, it it hit me with enough alcohol that I forgot the uh, that it kind of like numbed me from it because now I take a few sips and I'm able to capture um more let less burn and booziness and I, I'm going to summarize it as um, super ripe fruit. It's a good description, and I'm going to say. Uh, I, I want to say I'm leaning towards some of that ripe papaya. Again, don't ask me why I, in my mind, I'm thinking papaya. Maybe it's mango, but I get my tropical fruits mixed up. Um, I'm not, let me take another sip real quick before I say anymore. Okay. I do get 
citrus peel in there, a little bit of zest. I'm still going to stick with papaya. I just, and the reason I say that is I, I just had papaya when I was in Hawaii, so I, I it's kind of like one of those fruits <laughs> stuck in my in my uh, head. Um, but I don't get as I don't get the alcohol burn or the hop burn that I got in that first sip. That first sip made me feel like I was getting some burn, but the subsequent sips I don't have the burn. I can sense that there's alcohol in here. It's ten percent, so of course there is. Um, yeah. But you know what? It's 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 <clears throat> going to go down easy. Um, will I have a problem later on tonight? Maybe because it goes down easy. Actually, this is uh, this is probably going to help me because I'm uh, <laughs> I've been waking up at the last couple of nights <laughs> coughing my head off. This is going to knock you out. This is, I'm going to sleep real nice. So. So, uh, talking about the Citra hop, this is a uh, Citra is known as what's called a dual purpose hop. This is on uh, beermaverick.com. Uh, it's known as a dual purpose hop. So that means it can be used for bittering and for flavoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says it can be used in all hop additions throughout the brewing process. The Citra hop is a high alpha acid hop with a strong yet smooth floral and citrus aroma and flavor. The aroma descriptors include Grapefruit, citrus, melon, melon? peach, lime, uh, maybe gooseberry. Some lime. W- which, by the way, do you know what a gooseberry no, tastes like? No, Me either. No. Uh, passion fruit and lychee. These uh, lychees. These tropical fruit flavors have made Citra the most popular hop to craft brewers in the world. Okay, so maybe. I'm thinking passion fruit, lychee might be in there. I also might be able to sense a little lime as well as some of those weird com- combination flavors. I'm, yeah. So passion fruit and lychee, if I remember lychee correctly, it's a little on the tart side too. Uh, I don't remember uh, well, it being lychee, tart. It's a stone fruit creamy? and it's uh, fleshy. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. got a fleshy to me. Lychee has more of a fleshy uh, character to it, but um, wow, I like this beer though. Mm-hmm. I, I like the beer because I don't typically like triple IPAs. The only triple IPAs I have enjoyed are hazy triple IPAs, and I think it's because it hide. It's able to mask the alcohol booziness and and over sweetness with the haze with the transformation that the, it goes through right it, it 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 works right and again i don't like triple ipas this one i can drink um if i'm wake up in a couple hours and i'm puking up you know the beer then maybe i'll change my mind but this one i like i this is a uh, i'm enjoying this i i i'll probably say that um rating wise um, I'm, I'm at four and a quarter on this one as well. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely on the same for this one. Yeah. It, it, it hits the thing. I mean, again, I don't like triple IPAs. This one, um, I, I'm enjoying and we're going to enjoy sipping the rest of this on the show. So yeah. Any other comments? This is a, I was going to say the comments on this one. Just, I think I am with you too. Cause usually the triple IPAs, I get them and they're syrupy mm-hmm. and they're like, almost hop syrup. And um, this one is more, it's kind of the more fruity, yeah. more juicy. 
It's not like coating your entire mouth and palate with hot burn. No, no, uh, there's no hot burn. I I thought there was some hot 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 burn, but like I said, that was the initial taste. After that, after that shock to my system, then everything else afterwards has been no hot burn. I'm not going to get indigestion no. from this, but but I agree. There's so many flavors in here. I can't pinpoint one. It's it's very tropical. Maybe it's very, as I mentioned, floral characteristics. Maybe it's floral mm-hmm. as well. Um, I maybe there's some there's melon. Definitely in the aroma. When you pulled out the melon, I was like, yeah, you're right. There's melon, and um, and lime too. There might be a slight hint of lime as I'm drinking this. Not like tart lime, but like you know, a little bit of of lime liminess too that goes that blends in with the this is a complex this is this flavor profile is complex i it's not just one thing you pull out it's very yeah. um yeah it's, it's complex that's all i can say it's it's not easy it's the to easiest dissect. way to put yeah. it that's the easiest way to put it and i think everybody who tries this beer is going to you know pull out different things yeah. like you know, you're you're like you're you're getting more of that papaya slash mm-hmm. and or mango. Mango, uh, just kind of depending on <laughs> what you're tasting. And I can actually I can understand where you'd get both of those. Um, if you do the whole, you know, swirl it in the glass thing and then take a big old sniff of it, you get I I get pineapple in the nose. Yeah, yeah. At first I, I get, yeah. At uh, first I smell pineapple. Um, I definitely get peaches oh. in the in the flavor. Definitely melon, but that ripe that ripe fruit, yeah. like that's that soft, fleshy fruit um, that is just super sweet on your tongue. And then, you know, kind of just breaks down and it's, it's like a, a, a ripe piece of cantaloupe. Yeah. Ripe piece of cantaloupe. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Ripe is 100% correct about this. Ripe fruit is what you get out of this. So. Yeah. But this, this is phenomenal. I like yeah, this one th- a lot. Thank you, Bill. Uh, this is a winner in both Chris and my, my book. We really appreciate it. Uh, we both gave this a four and a quarter cap rating. Okay, Chris, I'm going to go back up to what we missed. I, I knew we had a bigger show. I forgot to talk about the Beer Speak 101. Well, I mean, it's not always about the size of the show, <laughs> Denny. It's how you use it. It's how it. you use it. That's right. We talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. So... Beer Speak 101 is where we briefly define common and not-so-common beer terminology. And in this episode, we want to explain what it means when we talk about chill haze. Does that bring back a memory from last episode? It really does. It does, because Eric Gronley said, that might be chill haze that we saw in the glass when we saw that it was kind of a haze. And I was like, that's a good beer speak term we need to define next episode. So we're going to define chill haze. Chill haze is a hazy or cloudy appearance caused when the proteins and tannins naturally found in the finished beer combined upon chilling into particles large enough to reflect light or become visible. Chill haze. Chill haze. There you go. All right. And for the next episode, uh, one of our listeners on Discord. Eric said, nice callback. <laughs> <laughs> they asked us on Discord, hey, I would love for you guys to talk about, in the next Beer Speak 101, the difference between brewery size breakdown. 
Like, what is a nano, micro, and up to macro-sized breweries? So Chad Lamasa mentioned that, and that's a great. We did talk about this years ago, but why not bring it back to our newer listeners who may not have gone back to the whole catalog of 221 episodes and listen to it? I think that's a great idea. I'll define the size breakdown of what makes a nano, micro, up to macro brewery. It's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, Chris, we've talked long enough. Now it's time to go ahead and bring this show to a close. But before we finish off the show, we always want to be able to raise our glass to somebody. Who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? So I would love to raise a glass to my buddy here in Florida, Mr. Stephen Brown. It is his birthday today. Um, I've been fortunate enough to enjoy a lot of wonderful beers with him. And uh, I want to raise a glass to you, buddy. Cheers to many more. Happy birthday. And I hope you had a wonderful day. Cheers, Stephen. Nice. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to this evening? Okay. Well, I'm going to first raise my glass to our Patreon Toast of the Night. We've already mentioned his name a few times tonight. That's Mr. Chad Lamasa. Cheers to you. Thank you for your support. Also, cheers to Quinn. Uh, May she rest in, or he, did he say she or he? I don't think he specified. May may your pup uh, rest in peace. Uh, it's, It's interesting because this morning... I don't know if it was some kind of a, I don't know, weird connection, but, um, you know, I had a, I had a reflection back to my cat Boris when we put down last year and, or a year before, I, I lost track. I was a year ago and, uh, I don't know. It, it still haunts me to the day that, that, uh, you know, that he's gone. He was a big part of our family. So I understand the, 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 uh, the hurt and pain that you're feeling, and I, I just want you to uh, hopefully, you know, it'll it'll ease up over time. I also want to give a big thanks to Jeff Seiler, Eric Gronley, and Bill Slimmer for providing some great beers for our show tonight. Thank you, sir, for sirs, for uh, for your generosity in sending us beers. We really appreciate it, and we've really enjoyed all the beers we've had tonight. And of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Uh, we hope you are able to uh, to return home safely from your or <laughs> return. Re- wow, return home safely. Yes, thank you. Return home safely, and thank you for your service. And of course, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a toast to our sponsor? Sure. So our sponsor is the folks over at Frost Buddy, and they specialize in cooling containers for your beverage of choice. Frost Buddy has the Universal Buddy 2.0, which is the world's first universal can cooler for 12-ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, and even 16-ounce cans. Frost Buddy has the world's first universal wine cooler, 24-ounce stainless steel mugs, and even stainless steel dog bowls. Go visit their website at frostbuddy.com. All right. Uh, one last thing. Our next contest for our last Frost Buddy, I've decided that uh, it's going to all of our, the only people that are going to be involved in this are our Patreon supporters. So if you are a Patreon like supporter, <clears throat> uh, you are entered into our last Frost Buddy. Even if you've already won one, guess what? You're still entered. You could win two. So uh, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. 
And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at tappedtocraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? Well, you guys know where you can never find me on Twitter at Chris <laughs> underscore McKenzie 82, but you can always find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And don't forget to follow us and interact with us on everything social at Tap the Craft. That's right. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to down this last sip. You're going to down it? Okay, you go right ahead. Down it.